and we're back welcome to print your games the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3d printing for gamers i'm your host jefferson j thacker also known as param and i'm joined by kristen sowards also known as seventh mastery and today, Kristen, I think that the topic and what we're doing are kind of intertwined irrestrictably right now. That's, That's not fair. a real word. I like it. Yeah. It, uh, so Creative license. So before I jump into what I've been doing, mm-hmm. what have you been doing? Maybe well, we'll tie together. Maybe. Uh, I have been working on um, a micro setting that I'm running for children. But of course, I do everything like way too much uh, because Mm -hmm. I'm me. And so even though it's a one shot that I'm running for my friend's kid and her friends from school, I've made it into a little campaign setting already. And I've been working (laughs) on their minis. Uh, Yeah, it's it's uh, Shatterwing Veil. It's very um, I don't want to say Dragonlance inspired because it's not. It's it's like if if Dragonlance and Planescape had a baby, that would be this campaign setting. Oh. But um, it's mostly because the kids wanted to play Tieflings and Dragonborn, and that's all they want to play: Tieflings and Dragonborn. And so um, I've been having a fun time going through and finding tons and tons of minis for that, and um, making um, making kid friendly adventure. I guess I was given mm-hmm. a, a little bit more leeway than I expected because I thought I was going to have to like really kind of go like you know puppies and polka dots um but it, it feels like i'm gonna get away with a a little a little bit more so uh i have sadness monsters that i've i've got and then there's gonna be like zombies but they're just gonna be like there's a set from mammoth factory called the blind i think that just came out and they have like um they kind of remind me of grimlocks and they're, oh yeah they're, we looked at them last episode yeah they're gonna be my my um my zombies, my sad zombie people. And I'm going to have a mechanic where if the kids can, can make their character feel happy, one monster will see them, but the other monster won't. If they can make themselves feel sad, the other monsters will see them because, because the monsters feed on different emotions. And mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be fun, but I've got like way too involved with it. Like mm-hmm. way too involved. Yeah. So the, like immediately concerns and questions come to mind. Like sure. Playing with kids has to be absolutely chaotic. Uh, it can be, it can be, but like, um, kids like combat, kids like right. board, board game violence. Um, turn order is a problem mm-hmm. when you're d- dungeon mastering for children, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's very much, you, you got to incentivize, like, you know, staying in your lane and, and your action. And so I'll probably try to have a very visual initiative going on. Right. Like maybe the, um, I like the one on the DM screen where you do the little cards that are hanging off. Ah, oh, yes. T- table tents. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do something like that. I might even, if I can get the minis to a, a decent standard, I might take pictures of them and just kind of use like cut out little pictures of their minis or something. I don't know. Like if you go through, if they're using Hero Forge minis, they have like the little Hero Forge base that makes it into a table tent. So you can print a, a board version and the DM screen version. I think that's super cool, but I did not use Hero Forge. I, I, I went through and picked a bunch of minis. I've actually made the characters too, so mm. I, I've had a, a, a time making a bunch of third-level characters for these kids, but I think they'll be cool. Huh. I'm tempted now to go on Hero Forge and just make a bunch of bases with that base option on it, and then put no minis on it, and then download that as an STL. Yeah, you could, I guess, right? Yeah. Just and use that. I, 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 but I bet that's like, I, if we looked, it would be on Culture Thingiverse probably too. 
Almost certainly. Almost yes, certainly. this makes this makes more sense. This makes absolutely more sense. Oh, so the other thing is like, and you're probably not running into this problem, but the last time I ran for kids was at a Gen Con event mm. where I was geoming a special table for Paizo. Okay. Uh, and, um, and then I, you know, but because of that, it's a set adventure that Paizo has provided for me. Mm-hmm. And this was before the big changeover in Pathfinder Society when there were still faction missions in some of the older material. Right. Um, I don't think they counted as much, but they were still there. And um, House Throne, it, it, the, 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 um, things happen. Let's just say I had to very quickly, uh, because I had a, a, a table full of like eight to 13 year olds and mm-hmm. one parent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the parent knew about Pathfinder, and I had to be like, this got some dark archive stuff in it. And this room has got weird jungle gym equipment with rips and chains. And we're going <laughs> to gloss over this and move on. And they had quickly. you run that scenario for kids? The kids, I was, I was a scheduled slot. The kids were not part of the equation until I show up for my scheduled slot oh, to a okay. table full of kids. Gotcha. It was, it was incidental kids, not planned kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, big, I, I, big difference. Eventually, like Pathfinder Society started having actual children events and stuff like that. Right. And right. also, uh, BDSM stuff eventually stopped being as common in Pathfinder <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> Yeah, uh, every once in a while I go back and read, um, was it Shackled City? Oh, boy. Because uh, that was an early Paizo product that was it was mm-hmm. um, dun- Dungeon Dragon conversion. Yes. Oof, that is um, not after-school special material. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, uh, and a lot of that's to be to believe, because um, in the early Pathfinder days especially, a lot of those crew had been working for you know, Wizards of the Coast or D&D-adjacent stuff, and that was back when Wizards had really, really strict content policies in some of the most not good ways. I mean, that was back when Wizards of the Coast still had an LGBT ban on content. You weren't even mm-hmm. allowed to include it. Right. Uh, some Famously, some designers have snuck it in over the years. But, um, but then at Paizo, they're just like, content? Policy doesn't exist. Let's do adventures for grown-ups. And that's how you end up with most of the stuff Nick Logue ever wrote and the the, uh, the ogres and, um, and yeah. And some of the adult content was introduced and also that also led to like a lot of more representation appearing into a lot of Pathfinder stuff and uh, a, a lot of really good things came from that, but that's definitely in the early days there was a whole lot of you know, mm-hmm. getting out of the parents' house and finally hitting college and having the freedom to do all the things you weren't ever allowed to do. And Alex Shivler is talking about Mammy Grawl and let's not talk about Mammy Grawl and that really <laughs> interesting um, thing in her closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even even some of the names like Skinsaw Massacres, right? Like, yikes. Yep. Since, yikes. Yep. <laughs> Oh, so that was fun. And that was the last time I really ran for a group of kids. And it was a whole lot of me very quickly censoring and rewriting content and, and on the fly, because that adventure was, it was not just background dressing. It was part of the story. Well, also like <laughs> the idea of uh, dark archive. Cause you know, that's more when I played PFS and I, you got missions sometimes to like 
sort of DL betray your party too, like to get yeah. stuff and let like bad guys go and like, yeah, yikes. That would have been also. Yeah, I'm glad those missions just don't exist anymore because it was, uh, and I think they were still called Cheliacs back then, not even Dark Archive. It gotcha. Yeah. The Cheliacs missions right. when they were just the five major nations of the inner sea setting. Sure. Oh, fun times. So are you doing any 3D printing for this this kid game? So I, I've, I've got um, the monsters already did uh, these 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 um, tentacly things. I think I might have showed you last week. I don't remember. Oh, yes, yes. The 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 so I have a question. Yes. With your style of games, why yes. did they let you do this for kids? Because I offered to pro DM for free. OK, fair enough. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's that's the scariest thing, and, and I think mm -hmm. it's scary, and it's got the tentacles, but it's it's not like explicitly horrible, right? You know, and, and the, it's going to be sadness zombies, sadness eating monster, and uh, dragon, because you know Dungeons Dragons got to have a dragon, right? But right, of um, course, dragons required. Yeah, currently I'm probably going to use a stock dragon because my friend was visiting and dropped one of my other dragons that I was considering using, and it's in little pieces down. So mm -hmm. my kids on tentacles—that's a whole different genre, Alex. Um, so yeah. We have P and D Mike in the chat as well as Square Pig. We've already said hi to Alex and James. Hello, everybody! If you've got any questions for us, please go ahead and get them in on the chat so that we can answer them throughout the show. Any other cool 3D prints going? Did you do like a, a terrain setup or anything like that? Um, I'm just doing some set dressing to make the dungeon tiles I'm using more dragony. Um, okay. Uh, but then I did the, the bad thing and um, popped my FEP. So fortunately, Ooh. I sensed a disturbance in the resin. <laughs> oh, dear. And, and I had done a flash clean. So the whole bottom had cured. Right, and I was taking the plate off to peel that out because I'd done the trick where you leave a, an old support in there so it fuses right. into mm -hmm. it, so you can peel it off really easily. Super and I, easy cleaning trick everybody should know about. Yes, absolutely. And I, and there was a little pop when I pulled it off, and I thought that's an odd sound. And I went and I kind of felt in the bottom. I'm like, oh, there's a dent here, and I felt that on the on my screen on my screen protector, and I was like, oh, there is a spike. And I was like, that was a perforated FEP that I just happened happened to catch. And you know, cure in that moment. Um, because mm -hmm. had I even just pulled that off, I bet you that would have been still a ripped drip, like, drip, 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 yeah, drip. that would have been a mess. And it fortunately, replace that screen protector, yeah. Uh, I actually got the little pop of resin right off the screen protector, came off of it. So yeah. I'm just going to make sure that it's got no uh, residue and, and it's probably good to stay. Hey, this going back to the motto, everybody use a screen protector. Seriously, how you save your resin printers. Yeah. And also, y'all, uh, don't worry about the screen. People worry about like, I don't want any fingerprints on the screen. I don't want any smudges on the the glass. I don't want any bubbles in between the screen protector. And thing. Don't worry about that at all, y'all. As long as light gets through it. Yeah, you're just needing light. Is like the imperceptible distortions that your fingerprint or the like it doesn't matter if it looks like a bowl of popcorn on the top of that screen protector, there's so many bubbles. It is fine, y'all. And you will get crisp, perfect prints off of that. The, that screen is gonna smush that down 
when it gets ready to print and that resin is going to get hit with that light and everything's going to be wonderful. You yeah. don't need to worry about the bubbles. You don't need to worry about the fingerprints. Just make I'd... sure you don't get resin. And in this case, the cleaning the, the screen protector and able to get it off is the reason that you can't do that with a lot of printers is the layer that you would touch has got it, like a, a UV layer or a, and a it shift will just... or a polarizer. Sorry. Uh, for, for those who haven't heard, I did this to my brand new Anycubic Mono X back in the day and ruined it like within a month of getting it. Yeah. So often so. there's like a polarization layer that's like really important for the printer to yep. work. And it's just exposed straight yep. to the surface. Exactly so when you what I did. go to clean, you scratch scrape that it, and then scrape it right off. Worthless and screen. Yep. You have to replace the whole LCD. $1 screen protector and you're good. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And you don't Thankfully, have to like... I do get the fancy ones myself, mm -hmm. but you don't have to. You can no. you can just use almost any you know. Plastic I'm still screen using protector. like tablet screen protectors, yeah, which... like really cheap five for ten dollar tablet yeah, screen protectors. Yeah. And honestly, I'm still on my second one of those, so I still got three more in the box that I've not even touched. I think I still have one or two from my first pack, but I, yeah. I did have to replace it once or twice because mm -hmm. I did have a FEP pop that was a mess when it gets to be a mess it's usually it's not even that you can't clean it off and get and save that it's just it's not worth it yeah it's just yeah. just throw down the paper towels throw away the screen protector throw on a new one it, it's just the easiest way to do it yeah. and it's just the best way to and, and i actually those. recommend like if you can get your mess under control still just cure cure your screen protector with it on it so that you don't have to worry about it getting on your yeah, glass absolutely um but yeah, um, so that was what halted me in my next project because um, I don't, I'm sure you saw Dragon Trappers dropped their big Fae thing. and Yeah, with lots of trees. And you showed me some really cool freaking plant wolves. Plant wolves. And they're really rad. And I'm not sure what they're going to be in OPR, but I'll figure it out. Um, however, uh, I also got Whispering Woods delivered their Kickstarter for Monolith. Uh, so I just got inundated with that. The Monster Mayhem set that see Catlett mentioned last week uh i have all sorts of woody sylvanethish people and uh it is time for that army i think to get printed mm -hmm. also because i'm really kind of getting tired of printing dark tentacly stuff not that i i love my dark tentacly stuff don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but like after doing so much of my plague army i would like to use a bright palette please <laughs> like i have to admit making those minis for the kids uh i I used like more of those like bubblegum pink glazes and things just trying to like get some bright color into something I was working on. Cause like, yeah, it's, I, I feel like I've been in the dark, cold, slimy recesses of color for a while. And it's, it's, it's the season. I think it's wearing on me, but well, there's why I've like always enjoyed embracing bright colors. Like my human army is teal and yellow and mm -hmm. like my, my uh, high elves are like, white armor and silver and gold which is not super colorful but it's very bright in right. fact i had to tone it down because like their accent color there's a common thing i do when i paint armies is like i'll go with a lot of neutrals and then just one really strong accent color but for the high elves the accent color is just like super dark blue like prussian blue right uh and then on um uh and then on like my undead they're bright green <laughs> and purples and a yeah, level. I actually really, really like your color palette on your undead with the the misty underlight. Yeah. 
So do we know the artist on this? This so this is Art of Sedona, and uh, they are awesome. They did the Flamecraft board game, and they've got lots of arts of like really cute like town dragons helping people out, and like very cute fantasy. They're one of my favorite artists, and they just launched the. They just put this post up of some flower wolves and cubs. So these are wolves, uh, and I, like I love everything Sedona does. And after I shared this, you immediately hit my my comments that uh, we have some very pretty, uh, pretty, very pretty plant wolves uh, yep. from the Fey Petal Court. This is uh, this is from Dragon Trapper's Lodge. So it's these wolves, but they're made out of plants with like big plant tails and flower petals and all sorts of awesomeness, and they look. They look really great. I love it. Uh, we have uh, Shannon uh, in in chat. Love this art. Yeah, Art of Sedona. You need to check it out. Um, they also did the Flamecraft board game, which is an awesome worker placement about a town that has little helper dragons that help them do all the cool stuff. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Yeah, I, I I like those wolves enough. I'll actually use cavalry bases probably for them because I think they did a good job on them. But like I, yeah. I, I don't know if I've talked about this. I detest uh, cavalry bases with a fire and passion. Is this one of their OPR compatibles? I think that they're going to be doing it. I hope they do an army set with it because otherwise I'm going to have to figure out that. Also, by the way, like I can't believe the Wood Elves don't get a second level wizard because that's what you had me look at. And I was like, they, they, they have oh. one wizard add-on for one leader. That was it. It's like, what? That's pretty common in OPRA of fantasy. Like, uh, there was a, like, all the wizards got scaled way back uh, uh, in that game in the, in the 2.5.0 beta. That's, that, that makes me sad, because one of the things I liked is there was a whole bunch of troops you could give wizard 1 to, and I was going to make an all-spellcaster army, and now I can't, I bet. <laughs> uh, you're limited to three spellcasters in any given army. No! Why? Okay. Because uh, this is the max amount of heroes you're allowed to have in any given army. Hmm. Well, at 2,000 points. If you go for higher points, you get more. All right. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, but... so that was me hitting a roadblock where I, I had to realize that I, I should just focus on some painting the rest of the week because I'm going to have to do FEPs. And I have three to replace because I've been lazy. So I'm going to have to have an FEP party before I can continue my oh, my plenty army. It is OPR compatible. So they are going to distribute army stats for this. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it was. And they've been talking about it. All right. So moving. Uh, sorry. For, sorry for the distraction. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, speaking of distractions, Alex did just mention that Fat Dragon Games is having a 90% off offer with their newest kickstarter i did not get huh? that email I alex if you could uh send yeah. me an im with that info on it that'd be great Ditto. i yeah, knew seriously. that they were doing a big discount soon and their new set is got uh, dungeons that have low walls hmm. um so if the fat dragon games is one of the oldest um companies that's been involved in the 3d printing space and i was going to bring them up for a different reason for today's topic actually so uh, I'll please loop back to them. And fair disclosure, they're one of the first industry jobs I've had in in the game industry. Is is I used to do work for Fat Dragon Games to help with their cut files for their two D printing, their two D printable terrain that you had the origami cardstock together. And so um, for those, and because you have to like cut them out carefully with a knife, lots of people would go out and buy the like. Um, the silhouette cutters like um what's the other big brand called like the cricket little 
The crickets. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's just a little robot that will cut paper into complex shapes. Well, there might be a cut cricket dungeon in tiles. <laughs> you can you can get their dungeon tile files and have the little robot do all the complex cutting for you and yep. just pull it off and glue it together. And I was the guy who made the robot dance uh, for them. Mm, cute. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, their their new set is going to have like a whole bunch of dungeon tiles and some and they're finally and like not finally they had low wall add ons for ages and ages with their old sets. But like they're they're showing off a bunch of it with low walls, which is becoming my favorite uh, yep. way to do I'm, walls. I'm getting very on board with that. The low walls, the implied walls, like the yeah. uh, the ones that Kraken did, um, and and Cast and Play was starting to do, but they appear to be not doing walls. Yeah, anymore. Cast and Play is not doing terrain anymore as part of their release sets, which I am very sad about because they. Honestly, the terrain was sometimes the biggest reason I was supporting them it's because true, they had such true. awesome terrain and, uh, uh, with each of their sets. On the flip side, what they have started doing instead is releasing all their models into a bazillion poses, which mm -hmm. is... So here's something interesting about Cast and Play is they don't do the armature rigs for their models. They sculpt in those poses. So even if it's the same figure in multiple poses, they did that from scratch. Hmm. Yikes. So it's an incredibly, it, it, you get a superior result when you do it that way because um, you're able to like custom sculpt how everything reacts to the bends and folds of the skin and flesh and, right. and clothing. And you're not having to like deal with the distortions of the, the armature, but it's like a million times more work to do yeah. it that way. Um, and you can, in a lot of, in the armature way, uh, you, you can then just sculpt over the armature to like fix those things yourself. So like, there's a lot of uh, people that prefer to go that method where you use the armature to repose it, and then you just go in and then you like manually fix the pose to get everything going. And I'm on a weird tangent right now, but uh... it's okay. I'm going to add to it. Speaking uh, mm -hmm. of cast and play, um, and their uh, we'll, we'll say um, premium companions frontier uh, situation. They did also drop the um, stretch goal goals. So if you've been waiting, whether or not you were going to commit the sizable investment, is what I will call it, uh, to that um, companions thing, you might get more for the value than you thought. Mm. Because the, the stretch goals have dropped so that more of them will unlock. Right. I really like the companions, but I'm still kind of on the fence because it's a hundred bucks buy-in. Yep, yep. And it's a lot of models. It's a lot of models, but yep. I don't know that I need a hundred bucks worth of really cool looking pets. But if this is what you're going for, it's probably the best option out there for adventure animals. I would say if you're doing like a kingdom of monsters or, um, you know, one of the other pokey clones, it would be mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say right now I'll pay premium price for a $5 sharp pay when I need it versus right. That, that might be where I go with this. Yeah, and so I'm I'm not sure that, and it's it's almost over. So I, hence why they dropped the goals. But yeah. uh, if you've been sitting on the fence, it might be a reason to kick it over. Yeah, at a hundred bucks, if you go by my usual metric, where I, for a, for a month I need to pick two models before I feel that it's worth the investment. I would need to have twenty models from this that right. print. Yeah, right. Which I just don't and know. For a lot of the campaigns, that's obvious. Like like their building campaigns and their terrain campaign, that was just such an obvious buy-in because so many great stuff out of those sets. 
Um, and for this one, if you're running that kind of campaign, this is the way to go. Uh, dungeon. Yeah. If you're doing your Dungeons and Doggos, or uh, <laughs> I mean, it is it is a lack. It's one of the reasons why I think yeah. uh, Dungeons and Lasers did a similar thing for one of their first like right. incentives was a big thing of, of pets. But I have that now, so I don't need mm-hmm. as many. <sighs> yeah. So, so I have been. So the topic of this episode is, uh, I guess, we're, we're, we're put, cutting your 3D printing losses. And I have had to do a big acceptance that a project of mine was not going according to plan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was, I need to be careful here. Because I have had a very bad, unfulfilling experience with Soraya Tech. ABS like fast navy gray. And I know a lot of people love Soratech ABS like fast. It's a lot of people's favorite resin. And the navy gray, when it does print, it prints a gorgeous dark gray mini with sharp details that you can see all those lovely details on. Um, these these uh, strikers from Puppets War were printed in it. And yep. here you can see the color on the base. It's a gorgeous color. I get why people yep. like this. Um, Especially but like a, in sci-fi, Sarat- it vibes yeah. well for me. Anyway, go on. Well, of course, I'm going to paint all my stuff, so I don't actually I know what color are, resin but is. But it, uh, it shows illustrated up by your your other choice. But we'll talk about that in a second. I think. <laughs> yeah. So I had to, but the resins the Ceratic ABS like is a lot more brittle than other brands ABS likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much so that I don't think it really deserves the, the label. Though it's definitely a lot more stable than their normal. Their normal stuff is like absolutely super crisp details. Amazing yeah, but crisp details. Uh, you breathe on it wrong and it shatters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was going to, so I was doing my at 10% uh, tenacious ad and it was still way too brittle. Uh, and so I was printing off, uh, you know, the rat army for my OPR rat army. And I was just having break after break after break. And like their ears were not, were getting broken even when I was getting them off the, this, the, uh, the supports huh. and the halberds would, would snap because spears and long poles is like the thing in models that will break if anything does. Yep. Like there's a reason that in the hobby, a lot of people for their spearmen will break off the spears on purpose and then use copper rods to replace them and then paint them as if they would. Um, so I was like, this is it. I've got, I've got like over a thousand points worth of Ratman, and it's all printed in this stuff. And I'm going to have a headache with the basing because I, I love my basing technique, but it, it is an involved process in getting these up. I need to, I'm, I'm having a time crunch right now. I have to get some armies ready for an event uh, that I'll be going to in June. Mm -hmm. And I need to get these things done fast. And I'm just super frustrated with the breakage, the brittleness and the, and everything just slowing it down. And I was like, wait a minute. These cost nothing. (laughs) These cost nothing. Don't do it. You're going to do it. Aren't you? Huh? I thought I mean, you were going to illustrate it by like throwing one or something. No. So I have my garbage can here because it is filled with my rats. They're all gone. They're all gone. Um, it still makes me sad. Like I, I, I like there's this little part of me. There's like, you know, 
There, there are gamers, Param, who need rat minis somewhere in this world. You should at least say, hey, send me postage. And I'm going to show you how brittle this is. Oh, so this is a sword. It. This is a long sword. This is already a broken mini. It, it, this was a casualty before. It is okay. Dying. So this long sword should be nice and it's it's nice and thick. It's it's a good thick blade. That's like a millimeter thick blade. And like this okay. is the thing that's supposed to break. And with ten percent tenacious, I should be able to bounce this off concrete. But like, there's no flex. Oh, and it broke even before I intended to put pressure on it. I didn't even put the pressure I was about to put on it to break it on purpose. It just snapped off that easy. I think I've mentioned that I had some problems similar when I was doing the ten percent tenacious with the. Um... Uh, rich opto cheap stuff i was using and uh i i i think i well i thought um you know that it was because i was vibration cleaning them and it was causing some micro fracturing or something but wow it's just crumbling apart so uh, if you're gonna keep doing it stop it hurts what no they're already broken that's why i'm doing it they they're not all broken easy. they're not all broken i know it anyway uh so I've reprinted the army. So I threw it out and reprinted the army. And look at this one. I can yeah. just wiggle that pole arm back and forth as much as I want. And it's not going to break. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... I interrupted you. No, it's okay. I was just mostly being, you know, triggered about all the broken minis. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I, I, it's fine. I was just saying that I wonder sometimes if the Soraya the tenacious ad is worth it but then you just illustrated your your favorite yeah. minty, minty boys being quite yeah. flexible yeah i would have to add a, a lot more tenacious than i was and tenacious the price of tenacious has gone down but it's still an expensive present it's like 60 dollars for a kilogram right now and that's that's even if you're i would only get five uses out of that that would add to the total cost of the resin quite a bit and the other part about uh, navy gray we mentioned is it separates it. So it was constantly having like white streaks through the yep. models. Which I'm going to paint them as nothing because, but then again, why am I using this really cool trendy navy gray if I don't even get the navy gray part of it? I don't know. Um, so I realized that, you know, because we've talked about this a little bit before, but, but being in this hobby, especially with some of the abuse of uh, prices that have existed in this hobby, um, you 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 still have a thought that like a miniature figure has value that an unpainted miniature figure that you printed you still in your brain you put a a price tag or a value on it because we've been trained all our gamer lives to think of these little precious pewter babies that that were so hard to acquire and so expensive or plastic babies that cost more than the pewter ever did go on i know i know i know i mean i'm not i'm not even taking jabs at gw here but just 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 the normal cost of minis at at reasonable prices was still an expensive investment um for, for anything of quality but that's just not true anymore with the with the 3d print so i was just like listen i could hate i could paint this up if I painted it up, that's when it has value because it took my time away from me. Right. Whereas I was just like, fine, I'm just going to reprint it. I'm just going to reprint what I did, and I got, and I got to have some fun with some tape, uh, with some um, build plate Tetris with it. And so here's a tray full of them. And so I made two changes. 
with mm-hmm. the with the new minis. First okay. change was going back to my my minty green a, a Elegoo ABS like is 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 gold. You almost don't need tenacious with it, but with ten percent tenacious, this stuff is in is is indestructible. Well, not indestructible, but I can bounce it off concrete. <laughs> like sure. literally, I can bounce it off concrete, and the mini is fine. Um, I might break this halberd if I bounced it on concrete, but like I bounced an orc off concrete, literally no mm. damage to the orc. Second um, change. Second change was I went to pre-printed bases so that I could pound these out faster by just throwing some uh, contrast paint on the base and be done with it as far right. as basing and getting them ready. So I very carefully, re- first I reprinted all this, I, I threw away all the old minis just right in the trash. And then I realized, wait a minute, there's something of value in those minis because I'm low on magnets. Ah. <laughs> so I went back and got them out, broke them off their bases, snapping them at the ankles, each one to get the base clear. Got my little pokey needle from Reaper, my little my little paint clear pokey needle, and poked out those magnets from the from the bases because they were only pressure fitted into those really cool MDF bases, um, which I salvaged my MDF bases as well, so they will get reused uh, when I do have an army that I want to want to put them back on my MDF bases. Um, gotcha. These are ones that you still have magnets in them. Uh, I didn't need to get all my magnets back. So did you put magnet holes? In your, in your so these bases have the two millimeter recess, which I is the exact it. thickness of my magnets. So okay. I didn't need to do holes. Gotcha. Um, I would have uh, for I do put magnet holes in bases that don't have them. Though I have switched to just the magnet stickers for those bases now with flat bottoms. Right. And just an example here, we're going back to the price comparison. This is 15 rats with 15 resin bases. Those bases use up almost as much as the rats. I could fit get 30 rats on this plate. For Probably, yeah, yeah. It's using 111 milliliters of resin. This 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 print plate is going to cost me four dollars and forty six cents for all 15 rats. And at that price point, I don't have to care. I don't have to worry about it until I put paint on it. It was nothing. But you know what I did do? Put some paint on some rats before this happened. So I had to very carefully get my little hobby knife out and go down at the feet and cut those rats very gently off those MDF bases, which ended up being surprisingly easy to do. So wait, you kept some of your bad resins that you had painted? Yeah, because they've been painted. That means they have some value. Okay. They took my time. So these are the bad resin. A good resin bases, bad resin rats, but because they were already painted, they get to live because this is where I actually put time. That'll into. be your so veterans. They, they can speak of the old days <laughs> when things were harder and the resin cracked up and downhills. Yeah. And nice magnets. So nice. Um, I, this is my, like, this is one of my old Kings of War magnet trays. But even though when I'm even for minis, I'm not going to use in Kings of War. This is like my little staging base. So I just throw the magnets onto the base. Then I put a glue drop on each of the magnets. Then I put the base down on top of the glue drop and then wait a little bit, pull the base off now that it's got magnet Hmm. glued permanently to it. Um, I would have done this. lined up right too. Yeah. And then I, um, when I, if, I had to do this special because these were already painted. So then I had to paint the bases, then glue the rats onto the painted bases. 
but if these were, I would do not normally paint my bases separate. I would have, for the rest of the rats, they're going to get glued to the bases and the magnets at the same time. They'll gotcha. just be, like, just line up all the rats on this little tray uh, and then glue them down. Then we'll take them outside, spray prime the crap out of them, bring them inside, paint the rats. Uh, so reprinted my entire rat army. Uh, all thousand points is going to cost me fifteen dollars worth of resin, <clears throat> and so I have a whole bunch of rat bits in the trash. Sure. What? Um, I mean, other than your rank and file troops, what what else fits in that thousand points? I'm curious. Do you get into the big ogre guys or? No, that was just a whole lot of troops. Okay. Uh, I will have like in my final rat list. I very much intend to have the snipers because I like the snipers. I want to get one of the big war machines in there, um, probably the cannon, because uh, Go Boom is nice. Uh, and I want to get some rat assassins in there, and of course, the the uh, the ca- battle captain on the big giant fox is going to join my rat men army. Cool. Yeah. Now next, um, I don't know if I want to go all the way to the ferret because the ferret is really nice. <laughs> Rat cemetery, isn't it? Oh gosh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's weird because looking at this little trash can and seeing, you know, a whole bunch of probably what would have been hundred fifty dollars, two hundred dollars worth of GW plastic if it was GW plastic, right? Just sitting in the trash can, and even then, like I, I I've talked about having to throw away old prints before, but at least those those were defective prints. This is the first time I've taken a project on the shelf that I've been absolutely like engaged with, and went nah trash yeah. Yeah. reprint. Well, it's like when you get a warped print, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it, not worth salvaging. It's not. I, I was just like that when I was first getting started. I'd have a bad print, and I was like, "I just a little bit of putty. I know how to do this because I've had to do it with models I paid my hard-earned cash for. Right. Like when I put $40 down on a dragon and the seams don't line up, you work that dragon. You keep working it. Yeah, yeah. And if you get, like, yeah, the, the one that's, like, over um overbalanced so that it falls you like mm-hmm. you dremel out and you put some lead weights or whatever you know and it's just like you don't need to do that like i'm still on the fence because i got some green stuff to put a horn on that one um I, a big nurgle guy that like mm-hmm. printed perfectly except for one horn right and i was like mm-hmm. okay but even still i'm like that's gonna be a little project to sculpt his new horn and i'm like i when I have time, if I have time, because he was there made is. with resin. You said the magic word. Our currency is no longer money because the, the cost of the materials is cheap. Yes, resin is expensive, but you get a lot of it. You get a lot of minis out of that bottle, even though that bottle is $30, $40 for the premium stuff, or $20 <laughs> for Christian's discount backstore uh, resin. $17.99. Or, $17.99. Or $16.99 if you buy six Sunloo. And I will say... My Sunlu prints have been better uh-huh. than my Rich Opto with Tenacious. They're, the Sunlu <laughs> prints have been great. Have so, you been using the ABS like Sunlu? No, I'm still just oh. using the straight up basic cheap. Can you print us an orc and give it a concrete bounce? Like, the, like oh, committing that a, this orc will it be, won't a, be concrete a concrete bounce. bounce. It, it'll still probably. I'm talking about my. my I have a the. Mm-hmm big fancy swords and and spiky mm-hmm. pokers that all the Nur- nurgle like mm-hmm. uh, flesh walkers or whatever they're called have none of that broke 
None of it. Wow. I had uh, maybe um, I got to give it a try, I guess, because that that cheap. They do offer an ABS like this, just a little bit more do. expensive, they like do. twenty dollars a bottle. And it's I've been like, ooh, I can get that and see, but I, I kind of just like I really don't want to go through this heartache because because time. Like I was going, time is our currency. The time it takes to print these models, the time it takes to paint these models, that is really what is valuable to me right now at this point of the hobby, especially when everything is super cheap. And so like if a FDM print, like I, and this is more common in the FDM world, they, they throw out the bads so much more faster, um, which is odd to me because it takes so much more time yeah. to print them. Um, but just don't hang on to bad prints. Don't hang on to things that just aren't quite right or you don't quite like it. Uh, just the trash can is a perfectly acceptable answer for most of this stuff. And I understand that people are like recycling and, and don't want to do too much waste. First, that means don't overprint. You don't yeah. need to print your entire army at one go unless you need to use it that night. It is hard to leave to... that space on the print tray if you don't need it, but you mm -hmm. can. There's right. certainly no reason to to jam it pack if if you you're not going to use it all but with 3d printing we have the option to hide our pile of shame on a hard drive it doesn't need to exist in our closet you don't need to have Why a not drawer both? filled with unpainted <laughs> minis um print what you are about to use and paint and if it isn't perfect or if it isn't in the way if it isn't whatever just get rid of it. Just just toss it and get rid of it. Um, or, or donate it to your local LGS. Whatever is within the license agreement that you have. If you're not profiting for it, I don't know. It, uh, each, each licensing agreements are different. different fair reasons. enough. Some fair companies enough. are okay with giveaway for free. Some companies aren't. Uh, um, Roberto says he uses a crummy looking brand called Jo. I have never heard of that. Uh, it goes on sale <laughs> and then disappears for two months. I'm liking it better than Ceratech. Okay, uh, I'll have okay. to check that out. Uh, this is like the, some weird cryptid resin. Like, is this some background right? stuff? Uh, Alex asked me if I meet my resin <laughs> dealer in the dead of the night at a leaky bridge to make sure the cops don't see me. Uh, I, <laughs> I shop uh, insomnia powered, so it's usually about 2 or 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that my, my resin purchases happen. And then PND Mike is uh, Para Marie Kondo. This mini does not start joy. Does not mm. spark joy. Trash. <laughs> also said, uh, dog broke an unpainted army. About a thousand points worth I left on the painting table. Oh no. Oh no. At least it was unpainted. Just a printed resin. That's did just you read the last sentence there? Just check chuck them thanks to this episode. Oh, I'm glad oh, we, we have done you. good. We've yeah. done good. Yeah. Yeah. Your time is your most valuable resource. And like I know I'm sounding like a, a self-help guru here, but especially in this hobby, your time really is your most valuable resource. Because you only have so much time to build stuff. You have only have so much time to paint stuff. That's why I will buy pre-painted stuff. That's why I will buy cardboard houses and and yeah. and like I just and still buy pre-painted minis and will use pre-painted DD minis when in when I need to because I want to prioritize what I get out of the time I have to spend in it. And doing a really cool job on a project is and putting the time into if I I imagine if I had painted that thousand point army and then I dropped one of them and it shattered and I would have had to like 
reprinted. I would be miserable. I would have kept on to this 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 thing that always this flaw would have been scratching at the back of my brain every time I tried to make sure, or every time I fielded a guy with half a halberd. Or you it know. would be worse if you'd also run out of a paint and the new pigment wasn't quite oh. the same. It oh, never match. <laughs> and even if you did your best, it oh, would always look I wrong. Do not. I'm very <laughs> thankful for my graphic design skills that that is never a problem for me. You're gonna always adjust it out. I can, you know, there's a, there's a little paint challenges on TikTok where like they, they uh, show you a color or something. You have to mix the paint to get that exact color. Like I can just ace that challenge every time. Nice. nice. So like you show me a color, give me pure pigment paints and I will give you that color. Um, and it's through, <laughs> unfortunately it's, it's like, it's just through 20 years of graphic design work that I just know what to add to get what I want. So I go for strong accent color and then deliberately have a wonky palette otherwise. Like my my plague army is tan and green and teal and in. So like and but they all have like the same sort of rusty dark iron stuff. So they have a unifying element, but now I can add and take away from it willy-nilly. And if I if I run out of a color or tip over the GD GW pot for the eight million <laughs> time oh, no first like it is so terrible everybody's doing it <laughs> lately uh but it's really on gw for designing the worst possible paint pots well ever. your hanging uh, wall story was was a higher level that that like oh my gosh i can just imagine because in my case it wouldn't have just been like one or two pots it would have been like there's a kid's book called the rainbow goblins and at the end they drowned the goblins in colors and it's like this pile of dead goblins and swirly colors. And that's what my floor would have looked like after. Was it all those? I had to, I had to take it off the wall. And I put yeah. it into one of my, my hobby drawers now. Um, well, thankfully, and that's these lids became extra important then because I put the little shields on them to put the swatches. Because it was hard enough when they're just hanging out in bright light to determine what they are. Because all contrast style paints are just some form of not quite brown or black. <laughs> uh, when you look at the actual bottle. So the swatches are now invaluable to me. I could not use these paints without them now because now I was I'm staring down at a field of white with dots of not quite brown or black on them. I totally didn't even talk about my ember wraiths. I painted a whole bunch of ember wraiths over the weekend too, like 14 of them. Uh -huh. And that's, you mentioned the contrast. The contrast for the orange shade looks so like dirty brown. I was like, oh, this is, is this the right like label? And like, no, it was just orange once you got on the mini, but it looks like dirt. Speaking of orange, um, Speed Paint Zealot Yellow uh -huh. has become one of my favorite little speed paints for this project because on the one page rules Ratman, they often have like a little hunk of cheese hanging from their belt. <laughs> And so it just gives me the perfect cartoon hunk of cheese collar every time I use it. And it's just glorious. And like on one of these bases, they actually have, there, here, this one has a little hunk of cheese on the base just laying down there. So I had he to very carefully. His cheese? Somebody dropped some cheese. Oh. Yeah. He's going to be prone next round. He's going to get like attacks of opportunity picking up his You've cheese. seen the rat titan goddess, right? Uh, she has the restaurant underneath her, right? Yeah, there's a little cheese restaurant on her base with little rats <laughs> selling cheese to other rats. Oh, sorry for Hoppy. Like, uh, no, it's disclaimer. Good. I'm community manager for One Page Rules. They they pay my bills. Um, but 
Oh my gosh, I love that mini so much. I'm so I was squeeing with joy, waiting for the day I could tell people about it. <sighs> and then my rat boys, uh, my painted rat boys. I've got a little close up. It's a little blurry, but uh, my painted rat boys that survived their transplant. But you can see kind of on their feet that like little bits of the MDF base that got sliced uh, off. That's the clearly night. crumbs of cheese, is what I'm saying uh, on their feet. <laughs> I was so nervous because because they're rats. They have that uh, uh, plantigrade foot. So I, I, I was like, and I know from experience that that snaps real easy with this brittle resin. So I was like, very careful. Very careful. Yeah, but you got it. Looks, they look uh, good. And Alex, talk about Blessed Sisters Army win. My, uh, my sibling has requested the Blessed Sisters. So... Uh, soon they'll be they'll be there. I've already printed uh, a firefight team, uh, a fire team for it, uh, for Grimdark Future firefight because I don't want to go army scale with Grimdark Future right yet because I've gone army scale on the fantasy side of things and that would just be way too many models to, to have all at once in the place. Eventually, I probably will grow it up to army size stuff, but for now, when we're doing their sci-fi stuff, we're playing Grimdark Future firefight. And using, you know, small teams of like 8 to 12 models, except for my um, custodian team, which is uh, three models. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Wild Mesh's um, last drop, which had the cool like void watcher thing that I thought was super neat. Uh, those, um, I, I can't believe they're not Tyranids um, models, are... <laughs> really cool and so i suspect i will be uh, after after my plant fantasy army mm -hmm. i think i might have to get some nostalgia tyranid was my tyranids were my first full army for 40k and i, I think i might have to go back there and paint some for, up again. for my grim darkness I, my, I i secretly don't want to even do i want to do the troopers i want to do the ground pounders i want to do your little uh, like i'm wearing a, a trench coat guys i want to get the little trench coat guys with with blasters and like a couple of inquisitors to lead them and that be my little fire team you will taste delicious <laughs> they will they, they will die but thankfully i can I, when you buy those models that are so ch that cheap you actually get them in little groups of three so you get three models for the price of one that activate as a single unit nice uh, even in firefight uh it's because they're so worthless <laughs> they're shooting <laughs> on sixes and wow. it's just it's just terrible so they're like uh the the, the normal troopers shoot on fives the like conscripts shoot on sixes mm -hmm. and but that's why you have to have like a veteran there to give them plus one to shooting just so they'll hit anything at all <laughs> yikes it's so much fun uh, I want to get me a little a little team of just like flood the field. Even though I'm playing like I'm saying I'm talking about flood the field, but we're still talking like 15 people max. Right, right. <laughs> one like my one unit of rats is 20 rats. So just for this one unit that's like 140 points in my 2,000 point army is 20 rats. <laughs> uh, so it's a completely different scale of thing. Oh, what do we have else to talk about? Anything well, I definitely wanted up? to tell our live listeners and anybody who downloads this in the first week or so, uh, check out the Elegoo clearance sale. 
Ah, uh, yes, Elg is having a clearance sale. Tell guess us about it. Guess who's going to get a wash and care station? You're finally getting one. Okay, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's 90-something bucks, so... Yep, the Elagoo Mercury Plus 2-in-1 Wash and Cure Station V2. Is this is this Saturn-sized? Uh, I, I There's another one that's like uh, 94 somewhere in there. It was an older one that I, I think yeah. I got. They've sold a lot of stuff. You're supposed to say, maybe out. it's already sold out, so... but The, the Mercury Plus, look at that. If it's it uh, Is this the... Um, it looks big. I don't know if this is a Saturn scale one or not. Uh, if you if you do, it's great because then you can just put the thing in. Did you order a Saturn scale one? That's I will I mean. tell you, it, it's better than the bucket. I've been using. It's better than the bucket. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm, uh, I'm it's showing a Saturn on its compatibility list. So there you go. Yep. Yes. Okay. It is Saturn compatible. So I had a so question because you use this now, right, or something, something. I I retired this one. I got the next step up, the Mercury X. Okay. So when you do this, though, you wash and cure. Do you wash and cure on your sprues and do your sprue yes. pull after? Oh, I wash on sprue, then pull, then cure after the sprue's been removed. Okay. So the support, not sprues, the supports. Yeah. So I what know. I do is I well, take my build plate and I put it into the wash out. bucket. That was a weird. I slip. take my build plate off the printer. Yeah. Put it into the bucket. It yeah. has a little bracket that is optional that will hold the build plate into the alcohol, mm -hmm. and it'll clean the the part. Then I take it off the build plate and still haven't removed anything from the build plate. And at that point, I will remove the items from the build plate into my hot water rinse. Okay. And in the hot water rinse, I will pull off the supports, and then give them a minute or so to dry and then put them into the cure after they've been removed from the supplies. Does it does it submerge the whole build plate? It it submerges um it submerges the plate and it doesn't submerge the knob. Okay. But it does get the plate so it gets Yeah, so the too. top that's of the good. build plate will get washed off. All nice. the stuff that's hanging on the top gets washed off. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So uh Saturn Elgu Middle tanks for Sat. Well, it's only three bucks off. That's not much. Yeah, that one's not that good. Uh, but uh, one of the things that is good on this is the Saturn S for only three hundred, mm -hmm. which is a good price for a good printer. Here's the steel, uh, Mars Two, which is their two um, K mono printer, only a hundred bucks. This is a wonderful entry printer. If th this is a great starter printer for anybody. So for a hundred bucks, you can get into this hobby with a great printer. Yeah. So I just want people to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. And speaking of which, uh, you had a Kickstarter, I think. Yeah. So our friend Ian Lovecraft uh, has a, so they're not their Kickstarter, but they have done the modeling work for a Kickstarter called Riders of the Plains for a company called the hobbit hole it looks like it's, this is their first kickstarter uh, and it is it is a lot of lovecraft's really great terrain work with some models uh it's very much inspired by the riders of rohan from lord of the rings so if you like the 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 riders of rohan they've got a lot of models for said riders as options here but that's not what's got me excited about this let's um, say i think the, rider the riders are nice 
but I think you're right. No, I think fine. you're right about the the real draw. The real draw is the buildings and walls are just like super on point for this like pastoral early medieval buildings. This is a great option for villages or even like it's got you could even do like Viking buildings with this sort of style because they've got that really cool cross beaming going on, thatched roofs, wood siding. Uh, so very plain folk type buildings, like early medieval style, dark ages stuff. Like stone work is is mixed in there. It's just a really cool aesthetic. And because it's a Lovecraft print, this is also portless, super easy to print on an FDM printer. Um, you will have a fantastic looking set of terrain with no effort and hardly any money um, based off of all of the previous sets I've bought from Lovecraft. I've loved every single one of them. This is going to be no exception. Um, and Cust so I want to let time. you know it's out there. Yeah. And okay. they got the really cool wooden walls and palisades because those are very rare in the hobby right now. Lots of people like to do like castle walls or stone town walls, but this whole like wooden pike walls or, or uh, wooden fortress walls is not super common. And, and especially if you are doing any sort of Lord of the Rings themed uh, stuff, or if you're playing the Lord of the Rings battle game, this is obviously a, a huge one for you they've got the big great halls as well too so small buildings lots of really fun little details and the fact that all this prints supportless but does not look like it prints support yeah it looks really solid for, for yeah. what you're getting there yeah so i did want to shout that out uh fantastic fantastic set that's on kickstarter right now for the next nine days so get in there uh alex Schiller says palisades thank you Speaking of which, if you want orcs to fight your writers, there is that uh, pre-sign up for Monoliths next. And again, I, I'm, I'm not sponsored or paid in any way by Monolith Arts, but they have a big orc set coming, and it looks huge. Yeah. So, and Herberto says everything he does works so perfectly for Frostgrave. Absolutely. Frostgrave, uh, Rangers of Shadow Deep. this would be really good for both those games. And the Kickstarter right now, because this is a lot happens a lot of times with Lovecraft stuff, uh, they have an add-on for like, I think it's only like $18? Or let me scroll down. Yeah, 18 euros to get the Ruins of Frostguard. I have which is like it's cool. an amazing set. <laughs> to get it for 18 euros, like it's worth pledging in just to get that set as an add-on. Yeah, because it is a massive ruined building set with cool magical towers. So, very if you're playing a Skyrim game or a Frostguard game, it is just like the best set of terrain for that. I've printed out so much of that set. And uh, oh, did we have any other shoutouts? I know I had one more. I thought. Oh yeah, Dungeons and Lasers. Oh yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Delosser, which is their big minis. Uh, Kickstarter. That is the preview page, I think. Now, this uh, is not STL files. This is not three. It is not. Related. It is not. So the reason I like pointing out these, though, is you know we're talking about time and and mm -hmm. resources. This is going to be stock standard minis, and they do a really good job. The push fits, like they do push fit models that you you can literally build without glue, even a lot of the time. And I know this one will probably have some pieces that are definitely going to need some gluing, but it, they do a lot of really solid work. Uh, and if you just need staples, this is going to be great. It's you've got buy-in by theme and you also have, you know, the really discounted big price. Um, but usually they also have 
terrain and the terrain um, is super affordable for what you get. And this will, uh, it's the, the backer, the backup kit or backer kit, whatever. It's actually going to be on game found. I'll, I'll bet like $5, but um, you usually can get all their tile sets and stuff too. So um, if you just need a lot of filler for basics uh, and some, some pretty kind of cute, quirky things that the Albert mini is really neat. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's just a good value set to fill out your ranks, as, as I guess what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So, uh, it's only the 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 all in pledge is 180 euros, 189 euros for over 400 miniatures. So 50 so many at that price, yeah. And you're you kind of in that. If you want all of them, almost yeah. And not and these minis, some of them are big big chunkers too. So, um, and this yes, is really have it. A really big uh, history of over delivering on their stretch goals. So, yeah. like, like the Tarask I'm getting in my um, uh, next pledge that's on its way is is stupid huge. I don't even know what I'll do with it. It's, it's so big and it's really cool looking. So, and these are going to be hard uh, plastic. So, yep. very like, and and the quality of their uh, castings for their miniatures is like equal to GW and at a price lower than Reaper. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a great, uh, this is a great buy-in. Uh, I know that it's not 3d printed, uh, which is a, uh, you know, we like our 3d printed stuff, you know, but we also uh, like but... time. <laughs> yes. So if you like what you see here, give it a look. Um, you said, Oh, you can go back and buy their, um, their terrain sets. You can go buy back and buy that Tarask. Look at him. He's huge. Yes, he is huge. I keep waiting for mine to show up. Should be soon. That big, he would eat a bottle of... It might be cheaper to buy this Tarrasque than to print him. Yeah, I'm sure it is. He's that big. He's that big. That forest set. Holy goodness, that tree pack looks nice. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, not 3D printed, but Dungeons Lasers, we've been a fan for a bit, so we're checking out. If See if you like it. I've never been disappointed with any of their deliveries. I'll say that. Oh, oh P&D Mike. Speaking of... Tarasks and failed oh, no. prints. I've turned a failed Tarask arm into a creepy Zelda Wallmaster esque severed hand, upcycling for the win. Nice. Hey, I'm glad you did. Uh, got some use out of some of those failed parts. I do tend to want to uh, uh, just reprint, but hey, repurposing a cool thing is is super cool. But oh man. Failed prints and big minis always make me wince because mm-hmm. um, we I was talking about my rats and throwing them away. Like even if they were ogre sized rats, that's still not much money. But when you are talking about those a foot long minis, like those super big, big, big ones. In fact, I want to do an episode uh, uh, sometime soon when I start printing some of these bigger minis off uh, for the armies about printing big minis and stuff. Because it really hurts when you have to throw away a dragon uh, yeah. because of uh, oh, because yeah, I it's have cheaper. that whole um, cast and play royal set, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you remember the heat warped on their bottoms, and so mm. I've got and I print, I overprinted. I just was like, I can print this whole tray. It's a big mega X tray, and um, I am still going to turn those into ruins um, mm-hmm. eventually. And I think they'll work great, but I'm going to have to cut them up and stuff. So. 
Oh, like I, I, I really want to print like the big giant fox and 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 some of the bigger minis. And of course, when I finally get back around to my lizard men, I want to print like the T Rex and the big old stompy gator. But a fail at a model that big hurts. Yes, it, it does. It's it's still pennies on the dollar, but that's a whole lot of pennies this time. And also, hours like time. Those big minis are like seventeen-hour prints, and because like when you're going like the full build height of your printer, it does take a little while. <sighs> yes, oh, uh, yeah, there's one thing that will push me into uh, into full size Grimdark Future. Those Titans are are really impressive, and I want to print that Gamic Titan real bad. I uh, was watching Squidmar's Titan build. Mm, that would hurts because he's just. He's taking the twenty five hundred dollar Titan and carving it to pieces. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's funny because people were complaining that those are usable minis. Why are you doing that? And I, I have to say, like dioramas are cool, and I get that it's art, but oh my goodness! I mean, at that point so in time, I think even the GW fanboys are like, "No, three D print that Titan if it's just going to be terrain." <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because there's um, no restrictions on 3D printed terrain in tournaments. <laughs> there was another um, big artist guy who who offered to pre-buy the diorama so it covered the cost, it was just so people would stop complaining about it. Oh, uh, we have a question: What tools do you recommend for cutting up large models to upcycle? You're going to want to get a what is that saw? Like the fine tooth saws at hobby stores, the flat saws, like the um, the jeweler saws. Yeah, jewel, that, yeah. that jeweler's tools be good. Uh, definitely a mask or respirator if you're cutting resin particles. Yes, you, yes. If you're cutting resin, you need. If you're cutting or sanding resin, where you're putting resin particles in the air, get your respirator. Um, just a thin mask is not enough for that. Because listen. Resin safe. Resin is to play with in solid form, and we and if you treat the, with respect, printing can be safe if you treat it like with respect, um, and and follow the safety guidelines. But the worst, some of the worst things that resin can do to you is when it's aerosolized and you breathe it in and it messes up your lungs, and that's when you start to run into real problems. Do not mess around with resin, whether you bought it in a store or you printed it yourself. Sanding or cutting resin. Wear a respirator. This re these respirators are not expensive. You can get one for 10, 15 bucks at your local hardware store, and it will save you your lungs. And yeah, but trust me, the hospital bills are going to be much higher than the ten dollars it spent to put this thing thing on your face before you started. Yeah. But yeah, I would recommend jewelers to tools really mm -hmm. like yeah. If you go to if you go to any hobby store, a Michaels, a Hobbytown USA, just any hobby store, they will have a fine tooth flat saw. Your your local game store will probably have it. Army Painter sells it in one of their model kits. It's just a very fine tooth flat saw that you can do to make very clean cuts on resin and metal uh, and plastic to do those sort of like conversions for big thick parts for smaller parts you might be able to get away with like your an exacto blade or your hobby clippers and stuff but resin doesn't really like hobby clippers because it tends to shatter more it than does. cut so yeah. that's why the fine tooth saws are 
are there. Um, and of course, a Dremel. If like if you're going to do some like real rough surgery, a Dremel tool is a nice thing to have. Um, and you can get some side cut blades for Dremels that'll work pretty well, mm -hmm. um, just yep. as long as it's not too thick a piece. I was just going to mention though, like if it's from a drop, sometimes dropped dragon becomes shattered sculpture. Mm -hmm. Very minimal work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super minimal. Um, yeah, sanding is good. Um, oh, regardless of what you're doing in this hobby, if you're working with the 3D printed resin, get yourself some sanding of some option. I am fond of these sanding blocks myself, these big old sanding blocks, because when you're gluing resin, the resin sometimes has such a smooth finish that the the resin doesn't have anything to the glue doesn't have anything to buy into yeah. to to glue the parts together so just a little bit of sanding on those parts before you try to glue it together so like i just took my little rats and put their feet on here and just rubbed their feet a little bit and then was easily able to just glue them down to their bases super easy um, you can also get away with just taking your exacto blade and like putting little score marks like little scratches on the part that's going to be glued uh, do it to both sides uh, that's a that a lot of people that are first getting started with resin printing and having like frustration gluing the parts together um it's because they're not sanding or scoring in the the glue just has nothing to buy onto also less glue is more you just yep. need to get the surface wet with glue you don't need gobs of the stuff on there hope more that glue. helps if you've got any more mm -hmm. questions feel free to message us more um, glue more cure yeah it takes time so yuck um, and we are Speaking of time and how You're precious over. it is, we are out of time, everybody. So if you wish to, you can visit us at printergames.com where you'll find all of our back episodes and links to all the cool socials. You can find us at facebook.com slash printergames, twitter.com slash twitchergames, printergames rather, and you can find us over on YouTube at youtube.com slash param. And until next time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowards, also known as 7th Mastery, and don't forget to use your screen protector.